York Comic Con 2015 with Carla Speed McNeil. Hello. Hi. So you're best known for your ongoing epic science fiction saga, Finder. Um, you started that as a self-published book, right? I did, yes. I regarded the 10 years that I was a self-publisher as, as an apprenticeship because there was an awful lot I needed to figure out. Reinventing the wheel is really not all that romantic, but I knew I needed time to do it. So um, you're now with Dark Horse. Uh, is this is it different being at a con, a major con like this, like with a publisher there who has publicists and things and panels? Oh yeah, absolutely. When you're a self-publisher, you have to be good at all aspects of the work, and many people are. I don't happen to be one of them. I can sell anything face-to-face, -face, but I was always terrible at getting the word out uh, beforehand. Always bad at social media, you know, uh, always... Uh, never had any any way of doing any real advertising so it's really wonderful to have such a such an earnest and dedicated group of people uh, pushing so hard for the book that I spent so much time working on and uh, the fact that they reprinted my entire rather large backlist into two very economical large paperbacks made a big difference too once you get past a certain point of having a bunch of trade paperbacks on your table uh, you know people get a little bit rattled as to which one they should try or whether they should have them all or, you know, fa failing that, which one should they stick with. And uh, just having two great big bug thumpers to sell to people makes people very happy. So, um, I know you have some new projects. You have a new Finder uh, epic coming out and then there's also No Mercy. Um, which do you want to talk about first? Oh, let's do Finder. Um, uh, Finder uh, has been serializing in eight-page chunks in a Dark Horse anthology called simply Dark Horse Presents, which is a real callback to the beginnings of the company. Uh, that was uh, the, the anthology that was one of the projects that they started with back in the day. And a number of wonderful, wonderful books debuted there. Uh, not, uh, there was a sister volume called Critters that, uh, that debuted uh, Stan Sakai's uh, Usagi Yojimbo, which you know, everybody knows, and if they don't, they should. Um, but at any rate, um, I've got my little eight-page piece of real estate in this magazine, and uh, my last book ran this way in eight-page chunks, and the next one is called uh, Chase the Lady, and it starts up on the 21st of this month. I've got the cover. Hooray! Um, talking about what's in it is a little more complicated for me. <laughs> okay. Uh, you have... Anything you want to say about it, or do you want to just let it speak for itself? It's my science fiction interpretation of an Edith Wharton Buccaneers novel. I see. So, uh, you've also got a book here that you're selling called No Mercy that you're doing with Alex DeCampi. Can you tell me about how that came to be? Uh, yes. I, um, I did 20 pages of uh, a previous book with Alex. That was a book called Ashes, in which I got to draw my very first super-secret evil lab with hoses and pipes and, you know, horrible victims, poor things. Um, and then we, uh, they were connected again at a Baltimore Comic Con later that same year. She got some of my stuff, came back an hour later and said, You do great teenagers. Would you like to do something with me? And I said, Sure. And basically that's how it got started. And that's what it's about. It's about a bunch of teenagers going to do their, uh, you know, Habitat for Humanity thing. But pretty much the first thing that happens to them is their bus falls off a cliff. And they are the kind of kids who will try to Instagram as they plummet to their deaths. So, uh, you know, they're a little feckless, but not unlovable. And if there's a point to the series, it is that 
just being a shallow person doesn't make you a bad one. Because shallow people do deep things, and evil people do good things, and bad things happen to both of them. It's the essence of drama. It's fantastic. I really enjoy working on it. Okay. Um, and so how has New York Comic Con been for you so far? Oh, great. It's, uh, it's very, very large, and the Artist's Alley is one of the biggest I've ever been in. It's fantastic. Um, everybody's here. Everything's here. And I'm getting to connect with a lot of people who never heard of me, which is always the right place to be. So are sales okay? Sales are good. Sales are good. And, uh, you know, I've always sold original art at shows, and I've had a few, uh, a few folks who have bought from me in the past turn up and a few folks who've never bought from me turn up. So that's always a pleasure. Okay, <laughs> great. Thank you so much. No problem. Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, senior news editor of Publishers Weekly and co-editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Okay, we're back at New York Comic Con. We gotta, we're off the floor a little bit, but it's kind of crazy up here. But I am sitting across from John Leguizamo, um, uh, 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 films, uh, stage, uh, 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 actor in Carly. Yes, gra graphic novels coming up. Carly way five terrific one-man shows uh, John thank you so much for being on more to come yeah so good to be here man it's such an exciting day for me because it's my first graphic novel the book that I'm most proud of in my entire life I know it's just a very exciting day for me well I want you to talk a little bit about it I mean it's obviously very much based on the HBO special yeah. uh, which is you know it's uh, I think it's brilliant it's hilarious uh, the way you navigate funniness and emotional pain I don't know how you do it uh, but you make it entertaining even though I, I think some parts of it are not generally considered entertaining. No, no. I mean, it's all, it's all I guess, I mean, we watch dramas, and, and they have a lot of pain in that, and it's entertainment in, a, in, a, in, a, in quotations. Yeah, but, you know, it's true. I've always thought comedy could be a lot more than just a lot of laughs. I think you can smuggle a lot of uh, feeling and a lot of uh, messages, and I think you just got to smuggle them in, and that's what I've always tried to do. Well, people who haven't seen uh, Ghetto Clown and or will and will buy the book. I mean, it takes you through your whole life, the relationship with your parents. I mean, yeah. can you just maybe clue so there are people who are not familiar, yeah, yeah. clue them into what it what it's what they're going to find? Well, you know, this is the most comprehensive of my one-man shows. It kind of takes me from you know coming to this country as an immigrant, getting into a lot of trouble in the neighborhood in Jackson Heights, getting arrested for vandalizing a subway and trying to use it as an open mic night to uh, trouble at school. But, you know, a lot of mentors, a lot of people stepped in and, and tapped me in the back and said, you know, if, if you really put your mind to it, you could become somebody. And, and that really changed my life. And, and then the, the, the rest of the book continues with that as well, you know, uh, doing Miami Vice and sucking so bad and then working with Lee Strasberg and then he passes away and working with Pacino. And, and Swayze and uh, and Wesley Snipes and then to having a, you know I had, I had a bit of a nervous breakdown and uh, I became very paranoid about performing a lot of performance anxiety and then I overcame it and and, and then I, the book is all about that to help people especially artists see that you know you can continue man it's worth continuing the fight it's 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 it's, it's better to continue than to quit yeah well I mean I mean, your your performances are amazing because of the range of of what you do. You know, your uh, your uh, your your voice. I mean, your ability to do accents. I mean, the book 
translates that, there's things comics can do, there are things actually they got to see you to do, but but they're, the book is able to translate yeah. some, I think, the hilarity, the intensity. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about translating your yeah. performances into, uh, you know, a print form? I mean, I always felt like Ghetto Clown, for some weird reason, would be a perfect gra- graphic novel. I always saw it in storyboards, which is very close to a graphic novel, because it felt like the Ghetto Clown travels through so many eras, so much time, so many locations, so many people, and so many feelings, that I just felt the graphic novel is the only place you could really see it come to life, because in a graphic novel you have the close-up, which is where your emotion lives, and at the same time it's got, it, I, you know, I gave the artist a lot of family uh, photographs, I gave them addresses, pictures of locations, and what's crazy, in movies and, you know, and scripts and everything, but they just fill in everything in between that, that's, that's never been shot, you know, that's what's crazy, it looks like a, everything looks, feels like a home movie or a family photograph, but nobody was there at that time to film it but it's there in the graphic novel well I mean you're a son of New York and I mean New York City is kind of in, in both the HBO special and in the book mm. is is kind of part of the a character in the yeah 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 you're, you're a New York guy yeah 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 no, definitely New York's gotta be that was my biggest prideful moments when I saw the early years and I saw Jackson Heights the elevated train the, the hood the hood on, on Roosevelt Avenue that was and then I saw my high school I it just it just brings you back New York City like back then when it was dirty funky and and very creative um, it, it, it's it's really very interesting also to see the, the you use the special and the book to call out these figures in your life yeah and, and it's everybody from a, a high school teacher uh, you know, to you know, Strasburg, you know, to yeah. Strasburg. I mean, it's sort of amazing to, that how the, the local and the and the, the national kind of yeah. heroes. I mean, can you talk about that a little bit about these key figures in your life? Yeah, I, you know, I I really believe, especially people like myself or anyone like me who comes from a disadvantaged background, it's almost impossible to make it without mentors, without without those. Uh, Joseph Campbell cloaked messengers and, and and hooded advisors. I mean, you need somebody in life to come and tell you. I, I needed several people to tell me that, you know, that I was worth it and that I could make it. And that was my math teacher, Mrs. Ufas, and uh, also my, my acting teacher, Sylvia, and, and Lee Strasberg, and, and, you know, and then, and then Pacino definitely helped. And, and there's always been people... Those encounters are obviously... Very entertaining, yeah, yeah. dramatic. I mean, you yeah, yeah. You know, it's, 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 yeah. there's always an interesting conflict between. Not always, but you know, some some actors definitely bring conflict into their lives, because you know, there's there's a little bit of a power struggle, a little bit. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, yeah. But you know, some people believe that, and I was very anti-authority back in the day. So anybody who started to act authoritarian just set me off, you know. So that was part of my issues. And when and you know. The, I'd love to hear you talk. I mean, I have known uh, Charlie Kochman, oh, the wow. editor, for years. Yeah. Uh, he, I've learned a lot about writing about comics yeah. and writing about the comic book industry from him. But I re- was, didn't learn until fairly recently that he figures here back from back in the day as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. C- could you tell us the story of 
Yeah, man. I had a friend. Your editor, I assume. Yeah, yeah. On this book. Well, he no, he's he's the one that media editor, I guess. Yeah, he's a media editor, and he's the one that brought me to to Abrams Books, and he's the one that gave me the deal. But you went to high school with him, is that? No, I didn't go to high school with him. When I was in high school, we had a mutual friend that we used to hang out with, and he put us in contact, and we used to hang out together, the three of us. Oh, I see. And I was like, you know, Charlie was this little quiet, nebbishy white guy from Brooklyn. And I wasn't, but but it was. But we we all shared very similar tastes, which was we love comedy, we love Woody Allen, and uh, and that's what brought us together, you know. And then years later, here I come to Abrams Books and I meet him, and I'm like, no way! Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> and Charlie's a very gifted man, and he's a very astute, knowledgeable human being about books, about life, and and so he definitely gave me great advice in doing my graphic novel. You know how to how to adapt a one man show play into a graphic novel. Did you have a lot of contact with the artists during this? I know you obviously are busy. Yeah. Did you, or did you guys just sort of like meet periodically just to get a sense of how the collaboration worked? Yeah, you know, I basically I said to them, I mean, these are amazing artists, Krista Cassano and mm-hmm. Seamus Biale uh, from uh, Brooklyn. Uh, and, you know, I, I just said, you know, I really wanted it to be like a documentary, mm-hmm. even though it's a graphic novel. I wanted to, everything to be as factual and to have as much information Saturated with information because the words, um, uh, you know, the, the words are. I really took care of that. I just wanted the vision to be taken. Yeah. So yeah. I gave him tons of family photos, gave him addresses, gave him all of my movies, and especially certain clips. I gave him my one man shows to watch. I gave him everything so that when I looked at every photo, I wanted to really be taken back. Like if there was a, 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 a you know, like a do- like there was a documentary being made on my whole life. Well, look, look it's, uh, I, I love the book. I love this. The, I look at it again last night just hey. to remind myself. Uh, I think about, I saw Mambo Mouth. Oh, back in the day. Back in the day. 1990. I had been reading, like I said, I was like, who is this guy? Because I've been seeing your name, yeah. and it was worth it. It was a great show. It's a thrill to be here interviewing you now. And I just want to thank you so much for being on More to Come. Yeah, yeah, great, man. What a pleasure. It's a great nice pleasure. To you, absolutely, absolutely. Thank Good you. luck on the book. Thank I'll you. be hyping it. All right. Thank <laughs> All right. Thank you. Hi, this is Kate Simmons at New York Comic Con, and I'm with PW Comics World. More to come. And I'm here on, in Artist Alley with Chris Claremont. Hello. Hi. So here you are signing books and so on, and um, I see, you know, your ad for your website, www.chrisclaremont.com, and I hear that you have a, pro- a project that you've got in progress. Can you tell me anything about it? Uh, dark fantasy. Uh, basically, it's young people, shenanigans, adventures, mystery, demons, possibly. <laughs> so but you never know. Stuff. You're never quite sure until they actually show up. And uh, you know, basically, it's a, a mom and her son trying to deal with life after the unexpected death of his father. And demons and shenanigans as well. You go home to the old town and weird things happen. Weird things happen. Mm-hmm. And here we are at a Comic-Con, a center of weird things. Don't don't laugh at stranger things have happened. Yeah, no, it's a great thing. But it's set in the same milieu, I guess you could say, as uh, uh, Sovereign Seven. Mm-hmm. The town of Crossroads, which is the crossroads of the borders of New York 
and Massachusetts and Vermont, except perhaps it's also the crossroads of much, much, much more. You just have to discover it as the, uh, the young hero discovers it. So how has this con been for you so far? Busy, you know, fun. I've, I've been, but I've been a part of New York Comic Con since uh, Reed restarted it ten years ago, and uh, it's this is yet again the continued fulfillment of that promise. Okay, and do you have anything you'd like to tell our listeners? Uh, stay interested. Stay reading. Hopefully, read my stuff when it comes out. Okay, thank you. It's been great. Hi, this is Kate Fitzsimmons from PW Comics World More to Come, and I'm here at New York Comic Con in Artist Alley with Louise Simonson. Hi. Hi. So it's really an honor to be able to interview you. Um, so I'm just wondering, what are you currently working on? I'm, I'm currently working on a comic book project that I can't mention because I signed an NDA. Everybody signs NDAs on stuff. So everybody says, yes, yes, I'm working on something, but I can't tell you. I do, however, have a novel that is in the final proofread, proofread stages and is about to get ready to be sent out. What's it called? Night Terrors. Okay, great. Um, and so will we eventually hear about this project you currently have an NDA on? Yes, you will. And I'm hoping that they, they mentioned that they were planning on releasing information in a couple of months. Well, great. We look forward to hearing about it. Oh, good. So how, how has this year's New York Comic Con been for you? It's been really fun. Um, I, I did only come in for today rather than coming in for the entire... You know, for for a convention, um, but it's been terrific. We've had a, a lot of people, you know, stopping by with lots of comics to be signed, and you know, the fans are just terrific. They're wonderful. So, um, obviously, comic cons have changed over the years. How is the comic con experience here at New York Comic Con now, as opposed to maybe other cons you've been at through the years, for better or in worse? Well, one of the things that comic cons are no longer the very large comic cons are no longer just comic cons, they're media cons. So that you have a batch of people here whose main interest is cosplay, whose main interest is, is movies or television, or book publishing downstairs is a batch of people probably down there um, that are, are, are print fans. Um, so it's, it, it's a much wider audience than the original comic book conventions were way, way, way back in the olden days. Mm -hmm. Back in the olden days, it was, you know, a batch of guys getting together with lots and lots of comic books in a basement somewhere and, you know, yeah. and maybe an art show and maybe a costume contest, but it was, they were, was much smaller. This is much more production than it used to be back in the olden, olden days. And so the experience of being a creator at conventions, how has that changed for you? It really, it's, it has not actually changed that much. I mean, I always sat at the table and signed stuff <laughs> and talked to fans, and that's what I do now. Um, maybe you get a larger variety of fans. Got a lot more female fans than we used to have back in the olden, olden days. Um, 
I think I think that the audience for comics has shifted a bit, and I think that's with maybe the inclusion of a lot of um, creator-owned mm-hmm. comics and comics that are done for smaller publishers or self-published. Yeah. Or media, I know, internet published. Um, so I think that, that that has brought in a larger audience and a more varied audience. I I do think the, uh, the female audience in comics has really increased, and that pleases me, because I Comics as a boys-only club was just dumb. You're cutting out half the sales, which, yeah. which is just downright silly. And it's clear that looking at the crowd around you, women, in fact, do like comics. They, in fact, do like comics, and they love dressing up as comic book characters, and they love, I think, a whole lot of things about comic books. What's not to love? Uh, there you go. And do you have anything that you would like to tell our listeners? Random thing in your Random thing. Holy cow. Or whatever um, pops into your brain. Or nothing. Come to Artist Alley when you're at the New York Comic Con. If you if you want to be able to breathe and actually talk to people who create comics, downstairs on the main floor, it is a zoo. <laughs> So yeah, come on up here and talk to me. That's good. Okay, thank you. Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor at Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. We are back on the floor of New York Comic Con, uh, but this time we're at the booth and table of europecomics.com, and we're talking with Nazeli Kuregan. Marketing and sales director of EuroComics.com. Euro, um, uh, Nazeli, thank you for being on More to Come. Thank you very much. It's, it's a pleasure. Uh, well, this is a very exciting new initiative, uh, really by a coalition of European publishers. Um, can you tell the, the audience of, of More to Come, uh, what exactly is EuroComics.com? So Europe Comics is a coalition of 13 European comic industry players. Uh, we have nine publishers, we have two agents, we have an audiovisual company. We come from eight different countries in Europe, and we are creating this collective catalog. So each publisher contributes to the catalog with, uh, with a selection of their titles that we are translating in English, and we will be publishing in digital. Great. Um, and when is this going to go start? When is it going to go? Uh, this, it'll, be a, it'll be an online site where people can go to. Yes, this yeah. is going to be a website, europecomics.com, that will be live on the 10th of November. And there people will be able to find not just comics, but also a lot of information about European comics, about the authors, about the events, about research done on comics. And we'll also be bringing the European authors to the U.S. So there will oh. be a series of tours yeah, for the next four years. So there will be lots to come, actually. Um, now, um, uh, you're here at New York Comic Con. Obviously, you're trying to promote this and get people to know about it. Uh, are, you, are you doing anything in particular here at New York Comic Con? To, pr- well, to promote the whole yeah, effort. Yeah, well, the first and foremost, of course, we have a booth for the very first mm-hmm. time. We're very excited about this, and it was a lot of work to prepare it. And, yeah, we made it, fortunately. Um, the objective is actually to meet the fans, the readers. Mm-hmm. We need to get to know them. So for us, it's really important to actually spend some time, talk to them, present to them the, uh, the comics. Um, we also participated as a co-sponsor to the ICV2 white paper mm-hmm. um, two days ago. So this was our little participation. There's one of our authors who will be at the Publishers Weekly Eurocomics 
uh, conference on Sunday, as you know there's very a, well. That's right. There's a yeah. panel on Sunday and Sunday morning. Yeah, absolutely. We were supposed to have an author here as well, but unfortunately we had some, some administrative problems and he couldn't make it, but it was the author of Ghost Money, Dominique Bertai. But we're hoping that next time we'll be bringing actually more authors with us and organizing panels and signings. Um, now, the, the, the site, EuropeComics.com, is obviously a place where people can go and find out information. Uh, I think even in terms of rights information for publishers who are interested in license, licensing European titles. This is actually a very important point, and thank you for mentioning it, uh, regarding our project, because Europe Comics is not a publisher. Uh, all rights, all English language rights of these books that we are going to release are actually available. So our hope is that more and more European, uh, more and more non-European publishers will be able to read our titles, to read the European titles in English, and which will hopefully help, of course, also the licensing of these titles. Now, um, as I understand it, the site will even be selling the comics. Is that true? Can you buy through them, or, or is it going to redirect you to retailers? It is going to redirect you I to see. retailers. I yeah, see. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'll be able to browse to get all the information mm -hmm. about these comics on the website, and from there you can choose where to buy from. Well, I mean, obviously, French graphic novels, European graphic novels, have been published in the U.S. for a long time now. Um, uh, and, and even today, you know, you see American publishers like First, Second, uh, NBM, Learn a Graphic University that are licensing French comics. But we do seem to be in a particular moment in the American market, in the North American market now, obviously long dominated by superhero comics here, uh, but the European tradition offers a little something different, although certainly there are adventure and thriller comics in the European tradition, but it also offers another kind of comics, in some ways perhaps more related to American independent comics or alternative comics publishers like Drawn and Quarterly or Fanographics. I guess Drawn and Quarterly is actually Canadian, but, but yeah, North American, I'll yeah. put it that way. So uh, is this happening at a particular moment? Uh, there seems to be, this seems to be a good time for an in initiative like this. Yes, well, we are following the news in the U.S. Yeah. and the trends, of course. Uh, we are, we are uh, very well aware that for the past couple of years, the graphic novel is becoming more and more popular, and more and more North American readers are, are, are discovering the graphic novel, which is kind of our specialty in Europe. Uh, and this, and th here I should mention that actually the Europe Comics catalog will have some mainstream series. We don't really have superheroes, yeah, no. but we have action adventure. Yeah, we have that's thrillers. what I mean more. Yeah, yeah. So action adventure, thrillers. Call, yeah. yeah, But we also have what we call in Europe the graphic novel, which is the one-shot, uh, much more literary, much more artistic, much more serious. So for adults, it's really not children's. Uh, the, the, the graphic novel that we will be really releasing many, many of those, and also we'll be releasing children's titles. So really, the Europe Comics catalog will have mainstream comics, graphic novels, and children's titles uh, together. Because of could course, you, yeah. Could you mention a couple of titles? I know you're launching, I guess, with about nine titles, yeah. I think. So here at the New York Comic Con, we launched the first, uh, the, we call it the pre-launch special mm -hmm. selection. We have nine titles. We have um, three mainstream series. We have Ghost Money. Mm -hmm. uh, we have Jin, which is this very, very mysterious and about this very mysterious and enchanting woman. Then we have uh, Spellbound. Mm -hmm. It is a fantasy fairy tale book. Mm -hmm. And we have two serious graphic novels, as, as I call them. We have Portugal by Pedroza. Mm -hmm. And we have Blast by Larsenet, who is already being published here in the US, uh, his book Ordinary Victories. 
So these are yeah the nine titles that we'll launch with, and children's titles are soon to to follow. And of course, on the 10th of November, we have much larger selection that we'll be we'll be releasing. Uh -huh. Well, I, I mean, I, uh, the Frankfurt Book Fair is going, I guess, starts next week, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, uh, this will continue, obviously, uh, yeah. at, at Frankfurt, a yeah. huge rights marketplace, obviously. So there'll be a EuropeComics.com initiative going on over there yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We will have our booth there. We'll have a lot of merchandising also for the fans who come during the weekend. But, of course, we'll be meeting different uh, publishers. We'll be discussing rights there as well and presenting, in general, Europe Comics. Uh, I, I really did think it was interesting that you said that you, they will be, you will be bringing authors over. I mean, I know for a fact that, you know, obviously, well, we all know this, having authors, authors are the best sales people for their own books. Yeah. They're the best way to connect with fans, you know. I mean, particularly if the authors are amenable to doing I mean, some authors may not necessarily, but generally speaking, an, an enthusiastic author, you can't ask for a better person to really market a book. So uh, it is exciting to know that more and more French authors will be here yeah. uh, to greet the fans and to sign and to, you know, make themselves available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, um, we are starting already to, to think of, of the authors that we, we want to bring here. And actually, we'll be bringing some authors that the American public, uh, public doesn't know yet, so completely new to discover from different countries from Europe. But we will also be bringing authors that the American audience knows already because they have already been published by, by American publishers. And actually, this is another point to mention that we will be working with American publishers who, who publish European comics. We'll be organizing events together. We'll be bringing authors who have been already published by them and who are, of course, being published by Europe the, by the Europe Comics catalog. So, yeah, there'll be really a large variety of, of authors here. Well, this is really great. I mean, obviously, like uh, as we mentioned, I mean, European graphic novels have been in this market for a long time, and, and there have been other initiatives, but I, I'm very impressed with the breadth and the and the enthusiasm behind this new effort to, to connect with the, the North American market. So uh, uh, we're excited about this, um, to, to see, you know, see this, this, this whole program initiated. So look, um, thanks so much for Thank being you. on More to Come. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on comics and graphic novel publishing. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com, uh, publishersweekly.com slash comics. We're back on the floor of New York Comic Con. Actually, we're in Artist Alley in the North Pavilion. People are streaming around us. And you know why they're streaming around us? Because I'm sitting here with Jeff Darrow, um, author of Hard Boiled. Shaolin Cowboy, so many other works, but most importantly, right now, a new hardcover edition of Big, Big Guy and, and Rusty, the Boy Robot. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for being on More to Come. Well, Kevin, I can barely hear you, hear you over the din of the crowd. There's so many here that are just milling about, not to see me, but to hear you, because everyone knows that you're the best interviewer in the comics field. Well, I'm, yes, well, I'm sure I'm sure people are here to see me. Uh, we can debate about that, and I'm sure we will as we I talk about we this book. right now. Get okay. it over with. <laughs> right. but, uh, but enough about me. Let's talk about Jeff Darrow. Yeah. Well, enough about that. Yeah, well, well the, we're... The least said, the better. Yeah, well, well, we're, well a few words. Okay, no current, new... there are no current restraining orders against me. Oh, that's okay. That's great to know. different from the last time. Well, you just gave me a little bit of information about your football career. Yes. We might can talk about that a little bit, too. I think we should. <laughs> okay. Yes. 
but but we, uh, 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 St. Jude's uh, Catholic uh, oh, grade school. All right. Yeah. Uh, and I just found out you're, you're a Cubs fan. And I also I also <laughs> accidentally stepped on the quarterback's hand and okay. it got torn open and he missed two games, which made me extremely popular with the other players. Yeah, no, and, and the coach, no doubt. Oh yeah. Since as as I was the worst player on the team. Okay. Not only was I the worst, I disabled the best. Uh, awesome. Who knows? We might even get a chance to talk about comics. But <laughs> well, that was pretty comical. Okay. All right, but just for a minute, Big Guy, a new hardcover edition. This first came out in the mid-90s, didn't it? Yes, it did, and uh, I was never really happy with the way it was colored. It was colored in France, and the person that colored it ignored everything I told them. And in those days, it was hard to recolor things because of the time, the process, and so I just let it go. But when I started working with uh, the amazing Dave Stewart, yes, the colorist of a lot of award-winning series from Hellboy to Sandman to uh, uh, the um, the Last Frontier with Darwin Cook, uh, I just yeah. love what he does, and he agreed to recolor it all. And so, ergo, this new and inexpensive edition, which is available everywhere, yeah, it's certainly right and here, if your right store, there. And if your store isn't carrying it. Then that's, stop going to that right. store. Or go there and raise They're probably the working for ISIS. Okay. Yes, I, I don't know. Go. I can't confirm that. But Now, can you tell us a little bit about how this project got started? I mean, you did it with Frank Miller. Not bad. You te- you had some pretty good team-ups. Yeah, with Frank. Well, Frank and I had always kind of wanted to do a superhero thing, and I like big robots, and uh, <laughs> so Frank said, well, let's do one. And so... We did it. He gave me like a four paragraph, one sheet of paper with four paragraphs on it, describing a big robot that goes to fight a monster that's born in Tokyo, and that became the big guy, which is pretty much the whole story. Well, <laughs> well, it, it has all of the great elements of a you know a like super Cheesy. total ur- urban <laughs> mass destruction. Yeah, you know a gigantic lizard and and a heroic yeah. uh, American know how. Yeah. Save in Japan, but tell us the story, would you, Jeff? The story I just well, did. Well, you I did, mean, but yeah. maybe a, a detail. I mean, it's, it's like a, it's an experiment gone horribly well, wrong. Well, it's like one of the classic, you know. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're doing like I don't know biochemical yeah, yeah. research yeah. on DNA, and it all goes wrong, yeah. and they create a monster in the laboratory, which is a living sentient yes, embodiment of, thing. of evil. The monster trash talks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's a little that's a little bit different. Yeah, and but but the one the one thing where Frank and I differ is in the, in the story, it's saliva, it's digestive juices create yes, other yes, monsters. Yes, yes, now, in Frank's mind, everyone survives. In my mind, all those people are dead. Well, they're all dead. Well, the the big guys seem to be really concerned with casualties, unlike well, yeah, the yeah. heroes in most of these like. Yeah. Monster movies, uh, well, slash but, yeah, comic yeah, books. Yeah, but if he was really concerned, he would have yanked that monster out of the middle of Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he's only like, a, a, I think, nominally concerned. But it's funny. Uh, it, well, like, 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 you were, <laughs> like yeah. all of your incredible works, you bring. You bring a huge level of detail and stupidity, and well, that too, and manic, you know, nuance. Um, I mean, every, you know, doomed citizen of the city, it looks like you drew them, the entire population of Tokyo. 
Well, did you say How do you do did, this? Wait, did you say manic or did you say manix? Are you referring to that old well, 60s I, well, TV show? Well, with, it was a Mike, favorite TV Mike, show of mine. Mike Touch Connors. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I was a fan because I'm. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm getting to think I may be as old as you. Because I'm not. I'm not <laughs> so sure that you know Mannix was in that comic well, book. He, he probably might have wasn't. been in there somewhere. He wasn't, but he would have been a manic. Mannix. Yeah. <laughs> but how the level of detail you bring is a whole other level of intensity. How's that? I don't know. I, I, I don't think it is. I just yeah. I just think that if you're in the middle of a city, you can't just draw like a square with a few squares in it to resemble windows. It should look like a, a living entity. Cities are like entities, yeah. and so I always try to draw things that look like they're real environments, even though they're like really well, you bring stupid. A, and, but you bring a whole level of style to it, too. I mean, like uh, the big guy yeah. has a very cool rocket ship that he flies around that in. Thing, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little retro, you know. Yeah. It's got some touches from another era. Well, well, I mean, yeah. well, I mean, the big guy himself is supposed to be like, I always thought of him as like a walking refrigerator <laughs> yeah, yeah. from the 50s. I always liked all the designer stuff from the 50s. And Well, you bring it, even though this is like science, you know, times 10. Time, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I never got to show the inside of, of, of him inside that suit. Because it's not a robot, it's a guy driving oh, it. Oh, that's right. Actually, yeah. that's my But he's right. driving, it's actually the inside looks like a, the inside of a Cadillac. There's like a steering wheel and, you but know, he's got no, a, Is there an image of that in Never, here? you never no, get to see it. Because I was going to do it in the next one, but I never did it. Oh. Well, will there be a next one? Maybe. Are you giving me a scoop? Maybe. Yeah, yeah I had an idea for one, yeah. So what about the animation? There was an animation done of this. Yeah, but I, I, had, I had very little to do with it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I, I, I wasn't a big fan of it, but but well, yeah, but I, I loved yeah, the I book. Thought, I thought it was pretty good for yeah. what it was. I had very little to do with it. I mean, they made an attempt. The drawing was good. And, yeah. You know, I only ever saw one episode of the thing. Now, the the, the big guy, and, and I, I should leave out Rusty, his sort of insecure and a little bit inadequate sidekick. Rusty was my idea. <laughs> well... Well, Rusty's cool. He's he's a much like you were a genial football player. He's kind of a genial hero. Well, he's that eager kid that's trying to do good. And yeah. he just kind of gets in the way. Yes, yeah. I well, mean, the whole idea, yes, and this yeah. was Frank's idea, was that every time he they go, they go out together, he gets destroyed. <laughs> yeah, and it. the Japanese feeling in a, a debt to the American government for saving him from that monster would constantly rebuild him. So he kept coming back, even though the big guys like, yeah, he, we, I, just, I, I can, let him you know go. what, I can, no thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. Um, now, don't they show up in other strips? Haven't they been sort of had cameo appearances as heroes in other people's works? One Frank did. Uh-huh. And one someone else did that wasn't supposed to actually do it. Oh. Uh, not to that extent. I was never no. really quite happy this that they did it. Is this like a legal issue? <laughs> it's not a legal issue. It was just it was supposed to be a cameo. And for me, yeah. a cameo is when you're like one or two panels, not right. like the whole book. No, yeah, yeah, okay. I <laughs> Well... I can see there's a big misunderstanding there. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. No, no, just one person ignored what Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the other thing um, is that this, one of the great things about, I think, this book is that it just seems to kind of bring home the whole destroy Tokyo with a monster thing. I mean. Well, when I was a kid, I used to watch those movies, and I was used to think, you know, like, Japan. They just they people spend their half their time rebuilding stuff and then running away from it while it gets destroyed. Yeah, was, and I actually yeah. I was living there and uh, for a year and when I was there they ran all the Godzilla movies one a night. And there's about thirty of them. And it was weird because those are all real areas. Yeah. They're based on these incredible models and you're there and they go, 
wow, I was just there, and like Godzilla's <laughs> like destroying it. And I asked him, I said, you've, I've seen nearly everything. Is there one place they've never destroyed in a movie? And that's the Imperial Palace. They won't do that because oh. that would be... Uh, oh, it just, you just don't symbolic. Anything, anything but that. Interesting. Well, it, it, it's really great to see this back in the print. Um, and, you know, as we sit here, uh, fans are streaming up. Someone's right no, no, here wait, now. Wait, what do you mean? Yeah. Fan. <laughs> well, this is but, right, right now. But, but the it's, first of many, I'm sure. But, but it's quality, not quantity. Yeah, that, that's right. Right, and and I'm going to describe what's and going this, on. And this young lady is like yeah. one of the one of the brave. You're one of the volunteers at the convention. Oh, you're good. You're good. One, I'm going to say one of the. What is your name? Your name Natalie. is Natalie. Is one of the unsung heroes that has to control the lines because a lot of these fans. They don't. They don't understand the concept of standing in line. They want what they want. Well, you drive and, 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 and they want to get to you. And they, no, but these people, they, they, they have to treat them I with know. respect and, and niceness. And I don't think many people thank her for what they do. But I thank Natalie because she does a great job. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm going to thank Natalie too. <laughs> well, the, we're going to we're going to end this pretty soon. But I also wanted to uh, just point out that Shaolin Cowboy. Yeah. Um, a new hardcover edition. It came out earlier this year, yeah. but that's out now too. Uh, also covered by color, Dave by Dave Stewart. Stewart. Yeah. Fabulous color. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, I think I interviewed you about that book like a, two years ago, before it had come out. My gift to you. So I feel like you know I'm getting a, I'm ahead of the game once again. You are Calvin. You're that's your middle name, Calvin. Ahead of the game. I'm Robert. Your last name, Calvin. Calvin Reed. Calvin, ahead of the game, Reed. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, not many people know this, but the people that run these conventions are the Reed, Reed Pop. They are indeed. And I was indeed. wondering if that's you. You know, well, I spell mine with an I instead of an E. Uh, believe oh, me. Oh, that explains if, it. If, if, if it was, you're, you're one of those Reeds. If it was Calvin Reed exhibitions, there'd be some changes made. Let really? me tell you. Why would you change it? Uh, you know what? I, well, first be of careful. all. Be careful. You want to get back in yeah. here? <laughs> oh, it's more perfect. comics. I'd have more comics and less movie stuff. How's that? Yeah, the movie stuff's what bring people. Yeah, the movie so. stuff pays the bills. Yeah, because yeah. the comics probably don't. But um, well, they, I mean, not to the scale, because it must be incredibly expensive to have to rent all this. Well, stuff. this is true. But we're sitting here in the North Pavilion in Artist Alley, which is like, man, it's a hundred percent comics. Yep. This is comics coming and going. You know what? Yeah. The quote, quote, uh, uh, Larry Wilmore. We're keeping it 100%, keeping 100%, baby. 100%. All right. Well, I think that's a perfect place to, to end this interview with... No, no, no tea bags for you. Yeah, with Jeff, Jeff Gerald quoting the, quoting the nightly show. My favorite. I don't think it favorite. gets any... I watch it, too. I don't think it gets any better than that. Yeah. So, look, Jeff, thank you so much for giving us so, some time, and thank you for being on More to Come. Well, and thank you, uh, Calvin, because talking with you is a pleasure, and, and these things aren't always a pleasure, but you're, you're a very insightful and very thoughtful and uh, intelligent reviewer. Thank you very much. Well, I, I, I really appreciate that, and thank you and again. Now, is the mic off? Do I get my kickback now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right after I turn the mic off, yes. Oh, it's, uh, oh, it's <laughs> yes, all right. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh,